Hey, thanks a lot for coming on and letting me borrow your ears for a couple minutes here. I just have a quick message I'd like to share with you folks today. Uh, the title of the podcast this afternoon, this evening, or this morning, or whenever you listen to this, is called Seven Reasons Why Church is Essential. Why is church essential? Why should the government claim churches as essential services? Well, I'm going to give you seven reasons why. And I believe it's really going to help folks understand, give us a fresh perspective of why the church should and should always be essential. Number one, seven reasons why church is essential is it sets you up for success in life. The Bible says in Psalm 92, 13, it says those who are planted in the house of the Lord our God shall flourish. The Bible says in Joshua 1, verse 8 and 9, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written. For then you will make your way prosperous. And you will have good success. Haven't I commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I'm reminded that any anything that is not connected to the source of life will eventually die. But when we attach ourselves to the giver of life, the true source of life, Jesus Christ, we as human persons will flourish in life. When plants aren't connected to sunlight, they eventually, they die. Anything that's not connected to its life source will eventually end up fading away and dying. And we have to stay connected to the source of life, which is Jesus Christ himself coming together in corporate worship, coming together in unity, in the anointing, that the corporate anointing, and getting encouraged by his presence. Number two, it sets you around people that love you and care about your life. You know, nine to ten weeks into the quarantine, I think things are starting to die off a lot more. You begin to realize that you were never created to be alone. You were never created to be an island on an island somewhere by yourself. After about four or five weeks into the, the quarantine, you're thinking to yourself, I need to get out of the house. I need to be around people. This is absolutely insane. And we were never created to be alone. We were never created to be by ourselves somewhere off in an, in an island. And it's actually dangerous to be alone by yourself, isolated. Because when you're not around people of faith, when you're not around people that believe in you, when you're not around people that love you and care about you, the number one thing that the enemy will do is he'll take you out completely. Because he's already, the Bible says, he's looking, walking around, seeking who he can take out, who he can devour, who he can totally distract. And when you're by yourself, you're alone, you're isolated, it's extremely hard to keep your faith increased if you haven't developed your spirit man strong enough to withstand the temptations and the attacks of the wicked. You need a community. You need a local church, and that's why the church is essential. We need to come together and be the body of Christ. Hebrews 10, 14 tells us, Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assemblies of ourselves together, 
as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. If we ever needed to be in the house of God, it is right now. Church is a place of healing. Church is a place of restoration. Church is a place where people come and they encounter the presence of Almighty God. We need to come together like it never before. Seven reasons why the church is essential. Number three, it sets you apart from the world. When you put God's house first place, he puts you first place. Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all of these things are going to be added to you. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things and for the day of its own trouble. When you go to church, when you set apart time to get into the house of God, when you put God first place in your life, your finances, your time, your talents, everything that you do, you put in first place, he will put you first place. That's how he works. And not only are we not a part of the world, but when you get saved, when you decide, I'm going to follow Jesus, you make that decision like Joshua did for as me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. What happens is, is you become part of a royal family. And anytime I think about the royal family, I think about England. They have a royal family there and they live in a castle. They have everything they could ever dream of wanting. Everything they could have is at their fingertips and their royalty. That's what they're considered. But scripture tells us in in 1 Peter 2, it says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. What that's saying is, man, like when you get saved, when you follow Christ, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, what happens at that moment is you become part of a royal family royalty. What's one thing that we as American citizens don't really understand is the idea of a kingdom. Kingdoms are are very different. We live in a democracy where we we have a, a right to vote. We vote our elected officials in. We, we, we vote a president in. We have a president in the highest office of the land. We don't have a king in, in office like other nations do. Other nations operate in what's called a kingdom. Kingdoms have a king, they have rules, they have laws, and of course they have citizens. Well, we don't really understand what a kingdom actually is in America. But let me tell you tonight, today, this morning, we are part of a kingdom. It's called the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has people. The kingdom of God has rules. The kingdom of God has regulations. The kingdom of God has blessings, it has conditions, it has citizens, it has a language, and it has a king. Who is the king? His name is Jesus. He's our king. And when you get saved, you get brought into what's called the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. And you now have a king. He calls the shots. He rules your life. I like it this way. He either is the Lord of your life or he's not the Lord at all. He either has every part of your heart or he doesn't have any. You can't be on the fence. And when you get saved, you get when you start putting church first place, you then become part of a royal family. And when you get that revelation in your heart, things start to be different for you. 
You don't see life the same. Everything changes because you know you're part of a royal family, that your father in heaven, he's rich. He owns all the silver and he owns all the gold. He's not up in heaven saying, man, I wonder how we're going to play the electric bill. I wonder how we're going to pay rent. Nope. He is rich and he wants you to prosper and be a part of this royal family. Seven reasons why church is essential. Number four, it changes you and helps you grow as a person. It changes you and helps you grow as a person. God never leaves us the same way we come to him. I'm so happy about that. I'm so happy that he changes us. I'm so happy that when we come to him, we don't have to clean ourselves up. We don't have to dress a certain way. We don't have to act a certain way right off the bat because we don't really know any better. But when you come to him, he'll take you just as you are. I'm so happy about that. I didn't I didn't meet the religious Jesus. I didn't meet the religious idea of being a Christian. I met the Jesus that accepted me for my faults, my failures, everything. And he took my mess and he cleaned me up. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3, 18, it says, But we all with an unveiled face beholding in a mirror, we go from glory to glory, from strength to strength. We go from glory to glory and strength to strength, and we are being transformed into the same image, the Bible says. So what God does is he takes you as you are. He takes you as you are, and then he starts changing you from glory to glory, not from failure to failure, not from mountain to valley. No, we go from glory to glory. When I got married, Usually the, the pastor, the priest, or whoever marries the person would always say, you know, from sickness and health, will you take this bride, etc. And before I got married, I told the pastor, the priest, I said, I don't want you to say from sickness to health. Because that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says we go from glory to glory. And I wanted that to be spoken over my marriage on the wedding day. So what I did was I said, I want you, instead of saying from sickness to health, I want you to say from glory to glory. And that's what he said. You know, we got to have that revelation for ourselves. Because a lot of the things that are said, a lot of things that we believe, a lot of the thoughts that go through our minds, they're actually unbiblical. They don't even line up with scripture. And then we find ourselves being, you know, totally defeated in our life because in reality, if we if we evaluate if we actually evaluate our life, we're not lining it up with the Bible or Scripture. We're not standing on anything. We're not standing on solid grounds. And the solid ground that you need to stand on is the Scripture. What does the Bible say concerning your situation? What does the Bible say about your life? And I always remembered that about my wedding. I'll never forget it. I said, no, I'm not saying the sickness and health. We're going to go from glory to glory. We're going to go from strength to strength. Will we go through stuff? Yes. Will we go through trials? Yep. Will we go through things? Absolutely. But my faith is always going to work for me. The word of God will always work for me. I don't go off of experience. I go off his word. In Ephesians 2, it says, We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in him. 
So in other words, every single person right now that's born again, that serves Christ, that loves Jesus, we're all under construction. Every one of us, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to mess up. We might even get in the flesh sometimes. But what we do is we go to him. We ask for forgiveness. We pick ourselves up and we keep moving, knowing that God is still working on us. We're a work in progress. Every one of us, we go from glory to glory, strength to strength, but we keep moving forward. And God is doing a work in our hearts every single day. We are a work in progress. In Philippians 1, 6, it says, being confident of this very thing that he who begun a good work in you will complete it. So God is doing a work in you right now. He's doing a work in your life. He's doing a work in your family. He's doing a work with your relationships. He's doing a work in every area of your life. And he said, I'll complete that work I started. I'm going to start it and I'm going to complete it. Jesus said, I'm the author and the finisher of your faith. So what he started you can be sure he's going to be faithful to complete what he started in your life. Every one of us are a work in progress. We're, we're just passing through. God is helping us. God is changing us. God is molding us. He's helping us. He's showing us our path. He's showing us what we need to do, and he's helping every single one of you. So don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed. Don't be fearful. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know why I'm like this. I don't like this about me. I don't. I wish I could stop doing this or stop this addiction or stop thinking this way or stop doing this. You are a work in progress. God is helping you. He's going to help you overcome those addictions. He's going to set you free by the power of God. He's going to show you the word of God that concerning your situation. He's going to help you through your, your trials. So be of good cheer. God's going to help you. God is working on the inside of every one of you every day. So be of good cheer. Seven reasons why the church is essential. Number five, it puts you in an environment to be creative and innovative. And this one I loved when I studied this out because I know it's true because it happened to me and it's continuing to happen to many of the people around us. It puts you in an environment to be creative and innovative. What do I mean by that? When the presence of God fills the room, fills your church, fills your Bible study, wherever you're at, I mean, it could even be your room in your house when you get into his presence. What happens in that environment is creativity begins to be birthed. God starts showing you what you were created to do. Those hidden gifts, those hidden talents, those hidden abilities that you have given to you by God, they come to the surface in your heart. God starts showing you. Actually, he'll start showing you, I called you to do this. He'll start showing you, oh, you're actually gifted in this area. You, he'll start showing you, you called even into the ministry. This all comes by when the presence of God comes into the atmosphere of the room. Because anywhere there's the presence of God, there's there's always creativity. There's always innovative ideas. There's always, there's always um, abilities. There's always gifts given out by the presence of God. It's just how it works. The Bible says in Exodus 35, and he filled him with the spirit of God and wisdom and knowledge and understanding and all manner of workmanship to design artistic work, to work in gold and silver and bronze and cutting jewels for setting and carving wood in all manner of artistic workship. And he has put in his heart the ability to teach in him. And he has filled him with the skill to do all manner of work. So watch that. Listen to that. He put the, the spirit of God put in him wisdom, understanding and knowledge in all manner of workmanship. He gave him creativity. He gave him ideas. 
He gave them talents. He gave them ability to do things that they normally could not do. That's what happens when the Holy Spirit comes and begins to touch people's hearts and begins to move in a church, begins to move in different areas of ministry. That's why it's so important that we allow the presence of God to come into the very atmosphere of our churches, because not only will he come and heal you with his presence, not only will he come and touch you and fill you with the spirit, give you your prayer language, you get healed, you get set free. But he'll show you by his presence, by his anointing, what he's called you to do. See, I never knew I could sing. I never knew I could write. I'm a writer. I love to write. I love to sing. I love to to preach. And I never knew I could do any of those things. But when I got into his presence and his anointing began to fall on me, and during those moments of intimacy with God, he started showing me what I was called to do. See, many times we go through life, we don't know what we're going to do with our life. I'm going to go to college, I'm going to get a degree, and I'm going to go work somewhere. But see, God doesn't want you to be with your head in the sand with your life. God says, I called you to be a success in life. I called you to prosper. How do you prosper if you don't even know the direction you're supposed to take in your life? Well, God doesn't want to leave you. It with your head in the sand and with your future. He says, I know the plans I have for you. He says, if, I, if you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me and I'll show you great and mighty awesome things. So when his presence comes, for example, when you go into the house of God and you worship, we're not just singing songs. We're not just the worship leader is not our cheerleader cheering us on. We're actually getting into the presence of God. We're actually getting into his presence because right now there's a meeting going on in heaven. It's exciting. There is there is so much cheering and celebration. And there's there's a the presence of God is there 24 seven. There's a move of God happening all the time in heaven. All we got to do is connect to what's going on right now in heaven. So when we connect and we get into the atmosphere of heaven, then that's when creativity happens. People get touched. They get healed. They get shown their gifts and talents. God starts showing them their purpose in life. One of the worst things you can do is walk on the earth and not know why you're even here. Many people have no clue why they're here. They have no idea why God put them on the earth. I was one of them. I went to college. I got. Um, I pursued a degree. People would ask me, "What are you going to do when you grow up?" I have no clue. I have no idea. That's what I would tell them. I would say, "I have no idea." But when I got into His presence, when I allowed the Spirit of God to come and touch me, when I allowed Him to show me who I was, that's when everything changed. Seven reasons why the church is essential. It puts you in an environment to be creative and innovative. Number six, it's an atmosphere where miracles happen. Church is a place where people come and get healed. They come and get restored, renewed, empowered, equipped, strengthened. It's where Jesus is glorified and exalted. And when Jesus shows up, miracles always happen. The Bible says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same Jesus that healed in the Bible is the same Jesus that heals today. Every single time Jesus showed up on the scene, 
Miracles happened every time. Every time they happened. And that's the same Jesus that's here with us right now. Why is the church essential? Because it's a place of healing. The church is a place of healing. The church is a place of deliverance. The church is a place of encouragement, of uplifting. The Bible says when there's a casting down, you will say there's a lifting up. We are called to lift those out of the miry clay and show them the place that they can stay. It's in Him. In Him we live, we move, and have our being. In Him we have victory. And it's a, in church is an atmosphere where miracles happen. People get saved at an altar in a church. People get healed. Their marriages get restored. Supernatural things happen in church by the power of the Holy Spirit. Seven reasons why church is essential. Number seven, it's a place to come not only to read and learn about Jesus, but experience him for yourself. You know, I can talk about all of these things of why church is essential. I can give you seven more reasons why church is essential. I could give you 25,000 reasons, not really, but probably I could give you 50 reasons why church is essential. I could tell you all about it, why it is. But if you don't have an experience with God yourself, then really all you really have is a religious idea of God. And God never wants you to be like that. God wants you to experience him for yourself. Not only are you going to read about him, you can read about him all day. You can read books. You can read the book about the book about the book. You can study theology. You can read the Bible front to back 20 times. And that's great. Please do. But if you don't have an encounter with him, really, what are you doing? I know for me. I always wanted to know the God who saved me. I wanted to meet him. I wanted to know where he was. I'd go to churches. They say, Jesus is alive. And I'd say, well, okay, where's he at then? Is he going to show up today? Where is he? Then I found out he would show up with people that would let him show up. And when he'd show up, I'd see people get healed. I'd see people get saved. Hundreds of people would get saved. Hundreds of people would get healed. I'd see it. I'd see people get delivered from devils. People were demon-possessed. They get set free right there. I'd see devils come out of people. I saw the God of the Bible in operation. I saw Jesus moving, his spirit moving across people's hearts. Something happens to an individual when they see that. It's not church as usual anymore. It's God shows up or we don't have church. and. When God does that, and when he shows you how real he is, it just does something to you that you can't shake. Changes your whole life. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. The key to having that experience with God is you have to be hungry. you got to be thirsty. you got to be desperate for him, and he'll come. That's why we... Have church services for people to come that are hungry, thirsty for God. God will come and meet you right where you're at. He says, if you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. And that's really what church is about. You coming and seeking God and him coming and meeting you where you're at. It's a place 
where you come to experience God in a deeper way, in a corporate way, even with friends, experiencing him with you. You know, church should never be a place where you you come, but you bring somebody with you. Bring somebody that is broken, hurting, lost. You know, while the world is going crazy, you can live far above the chaos. And while you're living far above the chaos, extend that loving arm to somebody else so they can live far above the chaos. Seven reasons why the church is essential. I could give so many more, but I wanted to just go over these seven points. Just give you a, a fresh perspective of coming out of this pandemic. We're pretty much over it now. Things are going uh, kind of headed out of the pandemic, and I'm, I hope that everybody stayed safe. But I just wanted to let you know why church is essential. Seven reasons. I didn't Google this. I came up with these myself. And I hope they blessed you, and I hope they gave you a fresh perspective of why church is essential to our lives. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to let you go. Father, thank you for every person listening to me on this podcast. Lord, I thank you that they would give a revelation in their spirit, man, that why church is essential and why they should always, always be plugged into a local church, and they should get everything that you have for them in their life. Father, I pray that you touch them right now. You heal them right now in their bodies. And Lord, if they never called upon your name, I pray that they'll do so right now. Friend, if you've never given your life to Christ, just say this with me. Just say, Jesus, forgive me of all my sin. I believe you're the son of God. Thank you for dying for me, for coming back again for me. I'm saved. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, we believe you got born again and find yourself a good Bible-based church. And we believe that God has an amazing plan for your life. Well, love you so much. Thank you for joining the podcast. Seven reasons why church is essential. Hope it blessed you. Bye-bye.